Welcome to This Just In, the show bringing you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. And now, for the fastest voice in healthcare, here's your host, Justin Barnes. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to This Just In. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. In these segments, I'll bring you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and leadership. As always, we're broadcasting from the This Just In studios on the Business Radio X network, as well as the Healthcare Now radio network. For this episode, my 280th episode, we have a great show with a longtime friend, but also one of the best thought leaders in healthcare and also public policy and regulatory experts, Greg Fulton, Senior Manager, Market Access and Reimbursement from Phillips Healthcare. Welcome back to the show, my good friend. Thanks, Justin. Happy to be here. Been a long time. Seems like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, but so we're catching up a little, little bit off air, but first, how long has it been since you've been on the show? I'm going to say 2014 or 2015. Like you're talking about eight, almost seven, eight years or so, nine That's years. Uh, wow. Yeah. I can't like yesterday. It does. I, I mean, know. you and I, I, a lot of my audience knows, but Greg and I go way back. We started working together. <clears throat> we think it's around 2010. 2010 before, think. Yeah. Meaningful use. Yeah. 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 And so I think, or we still love the regulatory aspects. Obviously, we passed meaningful use uh, in 09, but um, it was uh, a lot of the regulatory components were starting to come together. Uh, and Greg uh, was just one of the best uh, writers out there, but also just experts in in a lot of different fields, but also in research. And so Greg was just, just a great addition to the team. And we, uh, as our good friend Steve Bashara would say, ran a lot of fence line together. Uh, but uh, on the regulatory front, uh, the public, obviously public policy at a high level, but anything to do with um, legislation, regulation, uh, testimonies, position papers, statements, all that good stuff, Greg and I would uh, partner on. And he is one of the best and the brightest in the industry, if not, in my opinion, the best and the brightest. If I had to go do all that again, I would only do it with you, my friend. Me too. Me too. Yeah. We worked it out. I appreciate that. And no excuses for, for the absence coming on the show. Would, would be happy to come on more and more. I know we're well, as we caught up at the health conference, I'm absolutely going to have you on the show more. You, we just have a good rapport, but also everything that you study and you, you bring to the market, but you know, also I want you to bring to the show uh, is, is just so respected. It's always spot Indeed. on great perspective. So we're going to have you back on the show a lot more coming up. I'm game. If you are, appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I'll put it on me. I can't fathom. It was, it's been possibly seven or eight years since you've been on the show, literally. And we're, I actually thought we started working together, you know, in 2007, 2008, but you, you said it was closer to 2010 or 2011, which I totally agree with time really, truly flies. So amazing. Yeah. 2010. And then we went to hymns 11 in Atlanta. Yes. Shortly thereafter. Yes. Yes. So we'll go ahead and dive in. Have a good time. Let's have some fun here too. You and I have obviously uh, a deep history, but also have a great respect and love for public policy, law, legislation, regulation, the process, the rules, all that good stuff. So uh, before we dive in too deep, because you and I sometimes get extremely granular, <laughs> yeah. um, what uh, at a broad level, you know, where are we with health policy in America today? You know, obviously there's you know a lot of moving parts with telehealth, remote care, care management, but also at the broader scope, we just had this fee for service, you know, some real not happy, not good stuff there going on. But yeah. at a high level, where are we with health policy in America? 
Yeah, as you know, the fee, the fee schedule final rule uh, just came out a couple of weeks or so ago. We will talk a little bit about that. There are some, some bright spots in there specific okay. to remote care. I'm glad you're pointing that out because we'll talk a little bit about that. I would say overall, you know, we are in a post-COVID, post-PHE landscape, but let's not forget where we came from. And I think we'll get to it as we go through, mm-hmm. you know, what is CMS doing? What is Congress doing? What are private payers? How are you extending or massaging or moving forward on what were these COVID, PHE, public health emergency policies? And how can you keep those in place? And what's it going to take if, in fact, we learned during COVID right. that remote care is an answer and it can be done without fraud, abuse, waste, the things that CMS is always a little bit scared of? You know, and, and I think we're seeing both in this fee schedule. And in other areas, we're, we're seeing that that movement specific to remote care, hospital to home, all of these things. Where can that go and where are they going and, and how do we keep them going? Mm-hmm. No, great point. And I think, you know, when you and I were on Capitol Hill together and did a lot of that policy work and testifying, it was just it was ferocious. I mean, there was so many things happening. So at least I believe my gut now is a little bit, it's a little bit more manageable. Obviously, mm-hmm. the impacts are always large and sweeping for the industry and for companies. But I think there's probably a few less pieces to manage. I mean, I think about, you know, when you come to privacy and interoperability and just the, in general, you know, all the CMS regulations on with EHRs and other, uh, you know, devices that could or, you know, may or may not be um, regulated. I mean, there's a lot of, com- there's so many moving parts um, when I was, when we were there together. But now is it, is it a little bit more manageable now or or not? A little bit more manageable in terms of you also see where patient access mm. also started growing even a little bit before the pandemic, but certainly during and now after, you know, ONC came in with its information blocking regulation, things like that. So I think patient access has really come along, along with these other themes that you're speaking to, to really, you know, get information out to the patient and things like that. Um, A lot of that mobility, a lot of those virtual supervision, things like that, that we'll talk about uh, have all really come together. Now the march is toward permanence in some areas, but we'll talk about that also. Excellent. What about blue button? We're going to talk about blue button. Blue I'm just button. kidding. I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> remember, that? remember the logo? Yeah, I do. Blue. I do. It's great. Oh, that goes back to, I think even oh, gosh, <laughs> that's like, that's 2008, 9, 10, 11 timeframe. Um, yeah. where it all started. Yeah. Anish Chopra, actually one of the founders of that Anish has become a really good friend of mine. Great friend of the show as well. But Anish Chopra, a lot of my audience know him. He's, he's, he's always stayed a great friend throughout the industry and I always try to have him back as much as I can. He's, he's awesome. And he's the blue button pioneer oh, with yeah. Farzad. Oh yeah. Don't blame you. Well-regarded. Yeah. Yeah. A pioneer, I think really is the word. Absolutely. So are now compared to they used to be very true. So um, I I think also, you know, we talk about remote care and care management. So, I mean, and something that you and I have worked a lot on is, is uh, you know, rural healthcare. So RHC and FQHC, the federally qualified health centers, you know, those patients seem like a natural fit for, for RPM and, and CCM care as well as reimbursement. What took so long for that to come around, you know? Yeah, and, and I'll back up and, and really set the stage. And without overstating it, I would say that in this physician fee schedule final rule, mm-hmm. specific to remote physiologic monitoring, RPM, we've seen the greatest expansion of RPM since those codes were introduced in 2019. And you've just rightly touched on some of the areas, fairly federal qualified health centers, rural health centers, chronic care management. More specifically, what CMS did in this final rule is they finally, to your question, 
have made it available so that FQHCs and RHCs can now bill for RPM. Yeah. And that's good because it's a care management approach. Mm -hmm. FQHCs were always built for CCM codes. They were always in there for FQHCs, the RPM not. Why did it take so long? I don't know if there's one real specific answer to that. I think it just has to do with the way CMS is structured. You know, the physician fee schedule is more fee for service. Right. FQHCs is a prospective payment service approach. Yep. And they were just looking for ways to kind of meld those together. I would agree with you. It took too long. The way they have now constructed it is the RPM codes. If you're familiar with the codes, there are device codes where you're billing the device payments. Right. And there are care management codes. Those line up with what FQHCs historically could do. So what they've said in the rule without getting too much for inside baseball is the care management codes of RPM, for example, can be bundled in to FQHCs and you can bill those monthly in the single fee that encompasses all those care management codes that FQHCs can do. CCM, behavioral health integration, and now RPM, those latter two codes. Those can all be billed together per patient per month or they can be, 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 excuse me, they can be billed separately depending on what a given provider is doing for a given patient in an FQHC. So great news and a big expansion. I think what took so long was just the nature of CMS trying to meld together two different types of payment structures or payment program. Yeah. And there's a follow oh yeah. And, and I have a follow-up later on if we get to it kind of diving in there. Cause yeah, we're, it, it, we are watching CMS, how they're trying to transition from fee-for-service to value-based care and how do they do that? So I think this is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I would say in terms of, you mentioned chronic care management or CCM, I'm going on touting all these expansions for RPM. Let's look at RPM and CCM. Historically, if you're on the air listening and you would know some of this, historically, yes, you could bill some of the RPM and CCM codes together, same patient, same month, as long as you do separate 20 minutes of care management. Once again, there's a theme here that CMS is putting out this year. There's care management codes within RPM. CCM is all about care management. I mean, yep. it's in the name chronic care management. Exactly. What they have done is now they said in this final rule, you can bill same patient, same month, combining all of the chronic care management family of codes and the RPM care management codes, again, per patient per month, separate 20 minutes. But what does that mean? Look at those family of codes, chronic care management. There are about six or seven codes alone there. Mm -hmm. Care management, a pair of codes. Principal care management, one chronic condition, two or three codes there. Chronic pain management, if right. you have not heard of those, those codes came out a year ago. Yep. Behavioral health integration. So among all of those codes, you can again, match up and bill per patient per month, first 20 minutes, second 20 minutes. I won't do the math. I'm not advocating math or ROI, right. but yes, if you're doing your own math at home, that means you could bill up to four codes per patient per month. One last point here, and I'll stop going on and on. The beauty of these codes or the opportunity of these codes, all of them can be done general supervision. FQHCs and RHCs also allow that, that has led to scale and business models with third-party contracts. So health centers and health systems can look at a lot more patients if they go into a contract 
with a given third party to handle these codes, physician the practice bills. So major expansions there on concurrent billing with the yep. CC family and FQHCs. A couple of more expansions of RPM too, but I'll pause, let you yep. get some words in. And <laughs> there. Yeah. I mean, obviously this, this, we don't, we, we will go deep, uh, but I'll, these are going to be ongoing conversations too, because they are very complex. Um, we'll cover them more and more as they go on. But yeah, th I think this is, you know, I just love to see this because this is, in my opinion, the transition that Medicare is looking to do mm -hmm. past fee-for-service. This really is value-based care. This is, you know, reimbursing uh, providers for communication with patients when they're not in the office. I mean, this is, mm -hmm. this is exciting to see. It's really coming together. And, and to your point, you know, you don't need to do the math or with a calculator, but there are tens of thousands of dollars, you know, more than that. Now, even higher from what I know from companies that, you know, I, I watch reimbursement mm -hmm. for their providers, you know, 50, 60, 80, hundred thousand dollars a month, you know, just an extra reimbursement and, and more than that sometimes. So it's, it's significant. If you're, if you're a provider or in a practice, not paying attention to what RPM and CCM specifically can do for your practice, your care of medicine, not only is it a higher quality of care for your patient, patients generally love it. They love this management in between visits, certainly with CCM and, and obviously remote care management, but um, it's a lot of money. CMS mm -hmm. is putting the money where the mouth is. So I love it. You said it yourself. If QHC patients are, a given population yeah, benefiting from RPM. Now they can all starting January 1st, 2024. And you it. Said yourself too, um, you know, the RPM are device codes. CCM are not device codes. So you're finally seeing this full merger of devices and what we used to call care coordination. Right. Now, care management, call it what you will. You're finally seeing that really meld together across the board of the codes. And, you know, rightly, again, you said it yourself, we've seen CMS kind of sweeten the pot on the CCM family of codes since their origination, for goodness sake, back in 2015. That's right. Where every year they've increased the fee a little bit. They've increased the fee yeah. and they've brought in others. Then they expanded TCM, PCM, chronic pain management. You know, they're really been pushing this for, for a long time. And I think this is a kind of a capper on that too, by getting RPM into the picture. Love it. Love it. So let's transition a little bit. Where are the private payers in all this for the non-Medicare populations? Yeah, good news. You know, historically, the private payers have recognized the RPM codes just as they have recognized what became, you know, the really blossom expansion of telehealth codes during, mm -hmm. during COVID and during the pandemic. They have always recognized them and they've always paid rates on or above, you know, what CMS is paying. What you're seeing in RPM too is how they're keeping up with innovation. Here to rag on poor CMS, but they sometimes have trouble keeping up with innovation. You're seeing it in artificial intelligence. You're seeing it in wearables. You're seeing it in biomarkers. You're seeing those technologies come about and you're seeing that non-Medicare younger population that wants to do apps. They want to do wearables. They want to keep track. Here is where private payers are keeping pace and, and, and covering those sort of things. I would also mention that we're also seeing trending up in private payers taking on and pursuing Medicaid covered lives. Excellent. Medicaid managed care organizations are being undertaken by large private payers. Anthem has a program, Centene has a program, so on and so forth. That can only be good news for both your Medicaid patients and for getting technology on par with reimbursement 
and and just again we talked further about patient access and things like that you're seeing that start to start to move up the chain a little bit also love it love it i think you have my passion i think you're banging your desk over there greg because you have my energy but it's coming across i think um but uh i, I love the energy uh that's why we work so well together so now to, let's let's transition a little bit because we mentioned the physician fee schedule uh at the top of the show uh, Medicare, you know, obviously Congress has historically gotten involved with Medicare, the, all the pay fixes. Um, what's the congressional landscape right now in this? Where are we going with this topic? I mean, I, I, these cuts are, you know, we've always fought, you know, for increases, but now we're getting these cuts and I, I know why, but what, what's the, you know, what's, what's the crystal ball show here? There is a lot occurring in Congress right now, as we speak, in my opinion, all to the good. And yes, there, there are bills right now to kind of fix the, the, physician fee schedule rate cuts. And, and as you say, you used to leave, you used to leave that charge every year mm -hmm. um, on the Hill and stuff. And that part is still happening, but to the good, let's go back to the end of last year. What did Congress do? Well, they extended telehealth and they extended the telehealth list and they extended telehealth in the home through 2024. Not that CMS didn't want to or could, but CMS really can't because it's more statutory as you well know that language in the Social Security Act, so on and so forth. But Congress made sure to push telehealth. Congress also pushed through 24, the CMS COVID model called hospital at home. We, we opened the show talking about remote care. Yep. CMS hospital at home. My gosh, there are more than 300 hospital health systems that signed up for that. And thankfully Congress did expend, extend that for another year. Good question on where hospital to home goes after 2024, right. because we're really talking about the CMS model, the COVID model. Should we not take a look at that model and, and really improve it or, or take a real good look at that since we're you know this many years out past the pandemic? But again, Congress, good news, extended CMS hospital to home. What is Congress doing right now? There is a bill in Congress that would eliminate co-pays for chronic care management, since we brought that up. Oh, wow. And that's always been a barrier. I mean, yes. if you're if you're a Medicare patient and do you want to pay 20% co-pays? If you're a Medicare patient on RPM, do you want to pay a copay per code? And there are four codes right. in the course of an episode of care for RPM. There is a bill to eliminate copays we're supporting. There's another bill that would eliminate those of you on the air who, who play inside baseball with RPM, you know well that the CMS policy to require 16 days of data transmission per 30 days can be a barrier, depending on the use case, depending on why you have a patient in RPM. There is a congressional bill that would eliminate those 16 days, bring it down to two days, which if you're following at home and you know the pandemic was the waiver rule during the PHE. Hmm. Only okay. two days of RPM required per 16 to be able to build a device code, the, the cost you, the provider paid to, to get that device. So that's another bill in Congress that we're watching. Both are moving up the chain in ENC. Justin once taught me that ENC means energy <laughs> and commerce. You can just call it ENC. ENC, that's right. On the smart crowd. So now I call it ENC. Uh, so those are just a couple of diabetes management expansion, the definition of diabetes, also a couple of congressional bills, not to get too much inside baseball, but also a couple of bills on CMS local coverage determinations. If you're mm. familiar with the MACs and all those variations in regional 
There's a bill that talks about LCDs, local coverage determinations. There is a national coverage determination transparency bill. There is a bill on DME and demi posts. I mean, this is deep for Congress yeah. to dig into what is normally, you know, CMS territory. And I think all to the good. So a lot of credit to Congress and, and more and more they are, they are, you know, coming through and putting bills forward. We'll see what gets all the way through. But if last year was an example at the end of the year and the spending bill, again, expanded, extended telehealth as well as CMS hospital at home. Now, last word on telehealth. I'll stop talking again, let you get some words in. <laughs> um, telehealth expanded through the end of 2024. There are many, many congressional bills that would make telehealth in the home permanent. We certainly expect that will happen. It's too late to go backwards on that. But again, that's something Congress must do again at the end of the upcoming year. And let's give CMS some credit for doing something too. We opened your show with remote care and, mm -hmm. and all that is moving. CMS did extend virtual supervision. That means you're a doctor and I'm working for you. I'm a clinician and you're Dr. Barnes and I'm clinician Greg and I'm doing telehealth or I'm doing other remote care services but they have some level of supervision that must come with them depending on my scope of practice. Okay, that can now be done. CMS extended that. That can be done virtually through audiovisual. We do not have to be in the same brick and mortar place. That was a nice get that CMS itself yep. extended through 24. So I'll stop there. Excellent. Now, and, and those who may join a little late today, my special guest is longtime friend, Greg Fulton, Senior Manager, Market Access and reimbursement from Philips Healthcare. Now, dude, I know this is great. You're amazing. And obviously I'm going to have you back. A lot of good room to cover. Uh, but I want to also look into the crystal ball a little bit. And before we do the crystal ball, because we only have like one, I'm with the lightning round of crystal ball because we have to close the show in about three or four minutes. But um, I do believe we'll get the hospital at home. Obviously, you know, John Holomka is also a great friend of the show. Yes. Uh, and he is a huge advocate for hospital home. One of the leading models in the country, if not, you know, the leading model. So yes. they, um, you know, I expect, and he does a lot of work, obviously in Capitol Hill and is well-respected. I believe the hospital at home is going to certainly persevere uh, and be renewed for continuous years. It's getting better. You know, I keep an eye on it because of John and he comes on and talks about it. Yes. So I do expect us to, um, you know, to get some more traction there. So I love the fact that you brought it up, big proponent of it. Um, but here in, in kind of a lightning round now, where do you see, uh, and obviously I'll have you back. So we don't, we don't need to cover everything sure. in, in the final two minutes, but, um, where do you see, you know, us going in 2024? What are the two or three items that we got to keep an eye on in 2024? Well, for me personally, and I, and I think this yeah. is a little bit universal in a word, maternal care. Okay. You are also seeing a lot of movement in maternal care, both in what Medicaid is willing to cover and congressionally remember the mom's act and a lot of maternal care came out of the new administration i think that is poised for a lot of growth we see the statistics that we don't like on medicare moms medicaid moms i should say and, and really in other populations so remote care maternal yeah i think that will be a big growth area excellent you've got just universal agreement improvements have to come there so, yeah, and we got a I got another uh, minute or so. So, you know, obviously, you know, Philips, future of remote care, and, and we've talked a little bit about it, but maybe, you know, where do you, what does Philips or you guys see us going for 2024 and 2025 or some of your big focuses in that area? I'm going to go back again to maternal care. Yep. I Excellent. really, am, you know, um, I, I think that that's, okay. you know, and again, part of that, you saw the Medicaid enrollments grow 
And then you saw a lot of worry that the Medicaid enrollments would shrink, you know, and, and but that sort of leveled off. But I, I do think maternal care is one area. We can't have a show these days without talking about our artificial intelligence. <laughs> you know, machine learning, call it what you will. AMA is putting together guidelines for that. Everybody in the industry is working on that. And I think that's where CMS needs to kind of, again, innovate or move into the future on practice expense and clinical expense and and, and what reimbursement will come for artificial intelligence and really what that's going to look like. And software as a medical device, same idea. You know, you put those two things together and you got to look at reimbursement for it. I'm a reimbursement guy, so I'm always looking for it there. You know, again, this is going to encompass all payers, all remote care, all populations. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we'll see where we go there, but I think that's another big area. Yeah. Awesome. Always great, my friend. I appreciate you. So, and I, I actually agree. I think in the Medicaid side, I was reading the Wall Street Journal this morning and they do expect, I want to say it's. They're expecting a contraction. I I want to say the number of 16 million could possibly drop off of Medicaid by the states once they start, you know, obviously more doing the audits and people who you know don't qualify anymore. Um, but they're still going to shift to other care. I think we have the lowest point of uninsured, you know, in, in the past 25, 30 years or something like that. So, I mean, we we're making good grounds there, but we are at time. Uh, okay. I appreciate you, my friend, and we'll absolutely do a show. I want, I guess, like I said, I, I think doing shows quarterly really highlighting what's happening because there's a i'll be honest with you i learned a lot on this show i knew i was tracking some of this but not all of this so you really brought to light you know all that's really happening in capitol hill and so i want to bring more of a spotlight to it so we're absolutely going to do these more often my good friend happy to makes me happy to come see you (laughs) same here and thank (laughs) you so much again and thank you so much to everyone listening truly appreciate everyone taking the time out of their busy schedules to listen to us Uh, if you miss any of this show or want to hear more uh, please tune in weekdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor and use the hashtag ThisJustInRadio so we can respond to your comments from the show. If you miss any of this episode or want to hear more, all my shows are posted on iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. Tune in. Uh, and also, we'll be pumping some new content out onto JustinBarnes.com. So, Greg, as always, my friend, you take care. Great to have you on air. And thanks again to everyone. Stay safe. 